home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of the Rich Keith Show is brought to you by FindMassMoney.org. It's fast, it's easy, it's free. Hour number two of the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart here on WEEI. It's a uh, full tank program all the way up till 10 o'clock tonight. You can join us at 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. And you can also watch the program on Twitch. Just follow WEEI. Get all the shows from 6A all the way up until 10P. We talked about... Craig Breslow, the new chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox. The, My guy. Uh, as soon as the press conference went final, or was the press conference on during our show? I don't even remember. Either way, we had fresh reaction to it. My immediate response was, man, guy sounds a lot like Hein Bloom. Guy sounds a lot like Hein Bloom. You said no. You said, you said, don't, don't you be smart, Jim. He's going to do, he's going to do what's right for this franchise. It's been a month. You already feel differently. How could I not? <laughs> Look what's going on. Well, I the mean, season hasn't started. Many, uh, an optimist would say, I don't think uh, the, the pitchers and catchers haven't even reported yet. There's a lot of time left. No, but some of the star players are reporting to their new team. They sure are. Yep, for big money. Right? Yep. Like Soto, done. Otani, done. Yep. yep. Um, Lugo, who's apparently a big Seth deal. Seth Lugo. Uh, you had, oh, uh, Jung Hoo Lee is a Korean outfielder who is, is uh, apparently signing a six-year deal with the Giants for like $113 million. Nope. He's, a, he's supposed to be a stud. They didn't get him. They probably didn't even talk to him. Uh, yeah, there's there's been a few guys. Eduardo Rodriguez signed. Uh, looking at some of these other starting pitchers. I mean, Sonny Gray, Aaron Nola signed like right away. Those guys were gone pretty quick. Uh, they did get Tyler O'Neill. Do you like Tyler O'Neill? No, not oh, really. All right, well. Doesn't really excite me. Nope. Again, I'm not looking for moves that give me a deeper, better baseball team and blah, blah. No, no, no. I'm looking for star power. I'm yes, looking please. for tent poles. I'm looking for yes. excitement. Yes. Something that I perceive me personally to to be a building block on the field, but also an entertainment block off the field. Like right. Somebody that I'm interested in day-to-day, game-to-game, start-to-start. And it just doesn't feel like there's any positive momentum. I told you the other night. The end of the owners' meeting, uh, the winter meetings, mm-hmm. when Breslow, his comments were like, "Yeah, we would have liked to have done more," and I, the tone of his his statement was tough. I didn't care for. Yeah, and now we're getting like, "Oh, the Red Sox were fourth on Lugo's list. Fourth and- on Seth Lugo. They lost out to the uh, Kansas City Royals last year. Uh, I'm forgetting off the top of my head who it was. They lost out on a guy to the Tampa Bay Rays by like." Yeah. You know they could have they could have offered a million more. That was Heim like, Bloom. That wasn't Breslow. But it just feels like it's the same thing. It's like the same thing happening over again. Those the are the positive kind of teams, news yeah. today. Was oh they're going to get a meeting? A meeting with, with Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Yeah, I'm not impressed. You're no. the freaking Boston Red Sox. You're not <laughs> like, like some intern wait. who's pitching a movie idea to like a studio, and you're like, oh my god, I got lunch with a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows Spielberg. It's like, like oh wow, are you the no. only ones meeting with Yamamoto? No, no, no. The Yankees, Mets, and Giants, who all have a better chance of signing him, have all already met with him. And the language of some of these reports, like they're interested, but they're not looking to get into a bidding war then with the out. Yankees and the then Mets. They're out. So that's how this works. 
You can't show up to an auction and say, but I'm not really here to outbid anybody. This well, is just go home. This is the ultimate bidding war. Now, he won't get yes. you know, the Otani money, but as far as all the guys that are available right now, he's going to get far and away more than any of those guys are going to get because mm-hmm. of his age, sort of just you know the hope of what he's going to be able to be, what he can command, what the market is dictating right now. When you look at the starting pitchers that are there, and you're like, this guy is 25 years old, so if you give him a 10-year deal, you're actually thinking, hey, he might be good for... 10 years rather than like eating the end of a contract like he might have to do with Blake Snell or somebody else and so you're gonna have to overpay isn't he gonna make 300 million dollars yes they're now saying 300 million for the contract and with the posting and everything it could go into the 400 million dollar total investment I now feel like there is zero percent chance that they get him I go a little bit north of zero, but I'm nowhere near as excited as I once was unless unless Yamamoto has this love affair with the city of Boston that we don't know about. I don't know why he would... Oh, I, new I, Balance is there. He likes to get his shoes in. New Boston. Balance. Right, New Balance. Listen, I, lo- I love Boston, too. We all love Boston. I don't know if Yamamoto loves Boston enough to go there for less money because I can't imagine a scenario where the Red Sox offer more money than both New York teams and the Giants. The Giants were why? willing to go crazy for Aaron Judge last year, couldn't get him. And they're they're a big player in these free agency. The Mets went cra- crazy because they have an owner who wants to win. Just got there, desperately trying to win. My favorite owner in all of sports right now. Yeah, because he's like, I, the goal is to win, and because we can spend money. I told you the story. I think last year somebody said to him, "Why don't we put a roof on City Field?" And he would instead of being like, "That's the dumbest," he looked into it. He like called an engineer. He was like, <laughs> yeah. "How much would this cost?" And like, yeah. that's the kind of owner I want who doesn't just immediately dismiss something. Right, that could be but a good idea. Like, yeah. Oh, I'll look into that. And you just said it. They're not gonna like. Why can't the Red Sox be in that category with the Mets and the Yankees and the Giants so and whoever else? I, there, there's no reason why they can't be. It's just the reason. Because they're too busy doing whatever the hell they're doing with PGA. Correct. I'm starting to become one of those people, I by think. The way. It, well, it's hard not to be. I don't think it's a financial thing. I know a lot of people think they're like siphoning the money off the Red Sox to fund these other things. I don't necessarily think it's financial. Right. But I think the the focus and the intensity on the Boston Red Sox is not there. They're busy doing this PGA deal or whatever. Well, for the no, Fenway that's Sports true. Group. That that's definitely true. And I remember when John Henry first bought Liverpool, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's going to pay for a striker, and he's not going to get a starting pitcher." And I was like, "Well, I don't know." Yeah, I don't buy that. I don't know if that's going to be the case. But when you have a million different things, like there are some owners in sports that all they care about is their team. And, you know, yeah. maybe maybe their daddy gave them the team or whatever, but whatever. Like, that's their whole life. Everybody in their family works there. They're like, we live and die by every game. John Henry doesn't live and die by every game. Nope. He probably doesn't even know, like, on a week-to-week basis, like, what the record was that week. Doesn't really. But this is where I bet he does give Bloom slash now Craig Breslow a number. And he's like, you do what you think is right, but keep it within this number. Don't you think that's what it is? And now it's up to Breslow to hit on on all these deals, but also probably not overbid because he's like, well, that's the most I can spend. So if I do spend $30 million on Yamamoto, I literally can't sign anybody else or, like, you know, give or take. Do you that's think that's prob- probably true? There's probably – I mean, everybody has some sort of a budget. Yeah, yeah. Right? To, to some degree. Now, I know the, the Dodgers thing, I don't know how those budgets really work. That confuses me. So it's cool. confusing. I think real quick uh, – 
you need the player to want to do that. Otani said, I'll take $2 million a year, then you can defer it. He's going to get all that real money, but it's it's it helps with the luxury tax thing. No, no, I know yeah, yeah, that, okay. and I know it also devalues the contract. It's essentially like a four hundred and sixty million dollar present day contract because it's like when they you win the lottery and they tell you to take the upfront because then you can invest it, get your five percent. Yeah, boom, yeah. Boom. Don't do like lump, the yearly the lump payments. sum or the, or yeah. the payout. Yeah, but but I also like that affects your budgets because yeah. like I was looking at the Dodgers for twenty thirty four. They have eighty-two million dollars on the books. It's sixty-eight million for uh, Otani, ten million for Mookie, and four million for Freeman in deferred money. So they have eighty-two million dollars. But that's not on the books. But that's not on like the taxed luxury no, tax thing. But if, oh, but they have to actually pay the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the owner says, "Listen, we have a three hundred million dollar payroll this year," if I'm writing an eighty-two million dollar check. Then now I only have a two hundred and eighteen million dollar payroll, correct? Yeah, and I like think that has to be factored into the money spent. And I'm sure John Henry looked at that and was like, "No, we don't want to do that because what if in ten years we want to sell the team and then we right. inherit this this balloon payment or whatever?" Uh, no, but I don't think it's as important to John Henry now as it once was. I don't to, know if it ever was. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was the most. It was important. bragging rights. It, it, it was, was. It, it was, was yacht measuring contest. Yeah, it was, but it was. But there was also a time under his ownership. Where it was important for him to get the big free agent, to make the big trade, to have the big splash, to compete with the Yankees. And like I think that it felt like it mattered a little bit more. And maybe what happens is you win. You're like, all right, we did it. They said you could never win in Boston. We did it. And now we have a million other things. We have soccer and now golf. And they, do right. they still and have that, NASCAR? Like, they have a million things. Oh, yeah. Fenway Roush Racing, yeah. I think, is still a, a thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I still think back then they wanted to win for credibility and, and those purposes to be the foundation of what Fenway Sports Group he wanted it to eventually become. Yeah. And winning was a part of that. And now I, I do. I've started to buy into that idea that he is not as emotionally. I don't even think it's as financial. I think would be like second or third down the list. He's not like as emotionally or timely invested. Like I don't think he Steve Cohen probably checks in with his GM or whatever every night. Like so any Yamamoto and yeah. like. Whereas John Henry probably doesn't care. He'll find out, you know, we'll do our weekly Tuesday morning meeting and you can let me know everything I missed in the last week. Like, I don't think he's living and dying like we are by the updates of who's signing where and who's getting who. But at the end of each month, don't you assume, and I know a lot of these business guys probably have to think this way to get to where they are. But again, the, the like a sports owner should be more about passion and should be caring about the wins and losses of the team. Uh, but I, I would guess after each month, John Henry is more like, all right, what did we clear? Like, what did we make? Not what Probably. was the record of the team? Probably. And then I or, think that, but that shows itself when it comes to like building the roster and, and all that other stuff. Excuse me. But yeah, I, I do think that's probably true. I don't think in a just business sense, like, a, I don't think he only cares about how much money we made. But it is a business. So he's right. looking, you know, what came in, what came out, like yeah. what's trending the right way. Like, I think he probably says trending the right way on the field probably at some point will equate to trending the right way off the field. Like, mm-hmm. I still think he cares about winning on the field to some degree, just not to the degree where he's going to. I, I actually like Rob um, Bradfoe's word for it. Uncomfortable. He's not going to get uncomfortable. No. He's no, not going to no, stretch himself. And that's what we all do in our personal lives. Like, when you really want something, you saved up, and you're like, damn it, I'm just going to buy it on the credit card, and I'll pay for the rest later. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's not doing that. To- nope, he's not getting uncomfortable. You're right. He probably gave yeah. a number to Breslow, who, 
again, you took the job, I'm sure, knowing that. You took the job knowing some of the parameters you'd be working under. And I blame him because he got me excited when he said acquisitions and tough decisions and we need to do this. And... Oh, he got uh, your guy uh, Richard Fitz. That's who he got. He got rid of Verdugo. He got rid of Verdugo. So the one thing he's done so he far is payroll. Correct. He's gotten rid of Verdugo, brought in Tyler O'Neill, and then he's watched as the league has been busy. Now, unfortunately, the league, the setup kind of stinks. It's not like free agency in other sports where it gets going and it's like, here's Adrian Wojnarowski with 30 tweets or Adam Schefter with 30 tweets. It's like, this guy signed. This guy might have a meeting. Three days, nothing happens. Then this, this guy's, guy's flying in- to Toronto. Oh, my bad. He's Psych. not actually flying to Whoops. Toronto. He's a right. different guy. Uh, get in here on uh, the Red Sox, or if you still want to talk about the Patriots, we can as well. 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart. Right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now, Celtics hoping to keep their win streak at home going tonight as they'll host the Cavs at the TD Garden tip-off at 7.30. Cavs center Evan Mobley will miss his third straight game with a knee injury. No Celtics on the injury report. Celtics currently 10-0 at home. Bruins back on the ice tomorrow night. They'll be in New Jersey to take on the Devils at the Prudential Center. Puck drop at 7.30 p.m. Mark Feinstein of MLB.com is reporting that Yamamoto is in the process of meeting with interested clubs and is slated to meet with both the Red Sox and Blue Jays in the coming days. Malik Mania has come to a close here in New England. The Baltimore Ravens have signed rookie quarterback slash wide receiver hybrid Malik Cunningham. After being cut by the Patriots during roster cutdowns, Malik was brought back to their practice squad in early September. He saw action in one game uh, with the Patriots, playing six snaps. His only stat was taking a five-yard sack against the Las Vegas Raiders. Patriots also hosted three free agents today, including a native of Andover, Mass. According to Mike Reese, quarterback E.J. Perry worked out for the Patriots, along with wide receivers Kendall Hinton and C.J. Saunders. Patriots host the Chiefs on Sunday at Gillette Stadium. Kickoff at 1 p.m. Bailey Zappi, Bailey Zappi, your starting quarterback. Is he at all nervous that Taylor Swift could possibly be in the building? Are you nervous at all that Taylor Swift might be in the house on Sunday? <laughs> no, ma'am. I'm not like not a fan. I just don't listen to that, that music. I'm a country guy, so, I mean, that's probably why since she transferred over to pop. I mean, I know some of her old songs whenever she was in country, but, um, I mean, I'm, I don't dislike her. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart, WEEI. Let's get back to the phone, 617-779-7937. We started the program talking about Malik Cunningham. Being picked up by the Ravens, or him signing with the Ravens. He's no longer with the Patriots. What are your, uh, the chances that the Pats stay as the number two pick? But they also started to uh, get upset with the Boston Red Sox. And even uh, Andy Hart is off of Team Breslow, which I can't imagine was a like a, like a big roster of people supporting Craig Breslow. But the one guy he had was Andy Hart, and he's out. Because I, I try to give people, you know, yeah. benefit of the doubt, yep. you know, new face, new job, new opportunity. Yep. Don't, yep. you know, don't kick him till he actually gives you a reason to kick him. That's right. 
He hasn't given me reason yet, but we're getting really close. Yeah, it's, the signs are certainly there. Uh, let's go to Justin in Washington on the uh, Red Sox. What do you got, Justin? G- Gents, I was a big Craig Breslow supporter originally. I think he needs to be fired. <laughs> I mean, this is absolutely yeah, this, <laughs> this is outrageous. Is absolutely, a- a- this is outrageous, yeah. I- and I need help understanding what's going on. I don't think I've ever been angrier at a team than the Red Sox right now. And it's because they consistently lie to us, and then they have people trying to get jobs with the team tell us that we're asking for too much. Uh, explain this to me, guys. It's the third most valuable baseball team at $4.5 billion, the eighth largest media market in the United States, most you know purchasing power in the world. They have the second largest ticket prices in Major League Baseball in four seasons in a row, three of which we finished last place. They rose the ticket prices, so they fire Bloom. They basically blame him for being frugal and hire Breslow, who then says, we're going to acquire all these players. You have Tom Warner saying they're going to go full throttle. And I'm just not understanding what the theory is behind lying to the fan base about creating a winning team when you're not going to spend any money. So my key spirit here, to keep it short, is that John Henry's on the, on the owner's board to reform the luxury tax in 2026. He wants to put together the cheapest team that the propagandists can support to keep minimal level of interest. And then, you know, under the luxury tax, create a playoff team with all these young players and sell it in 2026. Does anything else make sense? It's possible. I mean, it's. I, I always thought he was just going to – he keeps adding things, right? Like he bought a right. hockey team, right? And he's trying to buy – either the PGA Tour or the Live Tour or some combination. I don't know what the hell is going on over there. He's trying to get in on, on golf. So I don't know if he's just if he's going to sell it or if he's just going to keep adding to stuff but have a little bit less and less interest in it as long as, you know, what the bottom line is. But I don't know. Your theory is as good as any other that I've heard. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't like that plan. 2026 <laughs> and, like, no, I don't, I don't know what to make of that, but I don't care. And does it make sense if he's going to sell it? Like, it makes they sense do. not signing guys to big 10, 20-year sure. deals, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Or not 20-year yeah, 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 deals, no. but like 10, 12-year deals. He's named his entire business Fenway Sports Group, right? I believe so. Like, so you're going to sell Fenway? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, right. It's kind of part of the, part of the it's name, It's kind of part of who they are. They beat the, the foundation of the business yeah. around it. I just, I don't know what it is. I honestly don't. And I don't know if it's... Because you look at the opportunities that I think we all expected to be out there, and maybe they would go down. We we got greedy. We talked about this, I think, last week when I yeah. was on. We got a little greedy when it was like, well, we need two pitchers and one bat. At this point, well, they I'll do one of anything. They do. Well, they do for the baseball team, but also for the interest in the team. Like, they need both. This is the time yeah, where... Start with one. We're, we're start not with just... one. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Well, they got like, Tyler we're O'Neill. We're saying we need three. Tyler O'Neill, here he comes. Two years ago, he had no. kind of a decent year. Three years ago, whatever. Yeah, I think it was three. <laughs> yeah, years three ago. years ago. Maybe this will be the third year removed. Sure, right? but um, I just we're looking for anything now, anything with hope, and not Trevor Story because you did that a couple Stop years it. ago. You tried to yeah. sell me on that being a big deal, it's and you not. don't think that's a great contract and a great player. And no, no I don't actually. I don't, I don't want him. All. I don't want him. Um, but why this? I do that. I, I I like the attempt by the caller because I do want to know, like, what are we doing? Right, right. Like, we're not one year in. We're not two years in. You don't have this, like, Belichickian legacy that you're beholden to that's holding you back, right? Like, there's different ways you can – other teams, other franchises, other sports would be in this world. 
you finished last three or four years. That's you right. fired a GM that you thought you had hired to change the the business model, to change the organizational makeup. That didn't work. Like, what are, what exactly are we doing now? What is the plan you'd say you have here? Because I heard a guy say a plan, yeah. and I liked the plan. Acquire players, Boom. make tough decisions. Yes, yes. Trades. You have, a, you have this great farm system, which we've been right. told, and you could trade away some of those guys. Instead, you've just added to the farm system. You traded right. away your starting outfielder, which is fine. Like, I'm not even kicking him about Verdugo. Like, Verdugo, gone. That makes sense. But that is that a part of something? Are you, are you adding that money so you can go all in on someone? And it doesn't appear to be the case. Is it? Is there a chance they have like a a a wild card deal up their sleeve, like something that's not obvious? There's a chance. Sure, now, I would say it would have to be a trade, right? Like you're not gonna. Yeah, like I'm still holding out a little bit of hope for that White Sox deal where it's Dylan Cease and Luis Robert. So it's two. Okay. You got a hitter yeah. and a pitcher. Boom, two birds, one stone. Yep, or Milwaukee, and you get Corbin Burns. Just the pitcher, but a stud pitcher that hopefully you sign to a new long-term deal. And either way, in that scenario, you're bringing in an ace. Right. But it's not the attention grabber that Yamamoto would be. Like, I think but it b- could be good. It'd be good. It'd be good. Yamamoto could be a bust. We all know that. Yeah, he could be, but I think... He could be Daisuke. But between now, that- I don't think he will, because yeah. I read a very in-depth athletic article... About you know Ben Charrington talking about how there's so much more yeah. information now than there used to be. Like they can scout these true, international true. players equal to American players. And Daisuke like, had his moments. I mean, I'm not defending him as like a like he was a hit, but he wasn't like an out and out bust where he's like out of the league. Like he was on. He a ruined baseball for me. He was not fun to watch. <laughs> no, he's a hard watch. He, to watch. he was terrible. Yamamoto is going to be different. Just watching those videos of him uh, doing like a bullpen. The guy just is pumping gas. Like, holy smokes. Speaking of that, like, he's obviously a very unique guy because he's small. That's, like, one of the concerns. He's 5'10". But he's bendy. be an issue for injury-wise. Very flexible. Variability huge. Yep. But they were doing all the numbers. He has, I think, the best split-finger fastball on the planet right now. Like, it's inarguable, I guess. Okay, I like that. Um, And then, is it possible that he has a 65-inch break on his curveball? I feel like that was a typo. Oh, my God. Doesn't that seem wrong? Isn't that, like, 5'? Yeah. yeah. Well, five like, feet would be, what, 70 inches, but I get your point, right? Well, or 60. 60. Yeah, yeah so it's more than five feet. Uh, so it's five, yeah. I mean, Aaron Celia, What was Barry Zito's? Big old yeah, 12 Zito has a big old hook. I don't know. That I don't know. Be... It's just when I was reading that, not being a true, like, dorky nerd baseball guy, 65-inch yeah. break on his curveball seemed really good. That is uh, pretty and aggressive. And they said he actually doesn't have a great curveball. Uh, well, listen, I'll take him regardless of what the break is on the curveball or if he's even throwing curveballs. I don't care because right now you have Brian Bayo, who I like, but should be like a three. Chris Sale, who will for sure get hurt. Uh, no, this is the year. Remember yep. last yep. year when we did yeah. our all positive uh, Red Sox segment? We did. started a trend. We actually have a brand now. We're kind of like the Manning family. The Manning casts are breaking off into others. Well, the all-positive segments yeah, are going true. to other sports like us. But then when 9 o'clock tonight, that, positive Pats, which will be a lot easier this week than, than it has been. <laughs> You want to do a whole hour? No, I don't. Let's just keep it. Let's just do the 15 (laughs) minutes and run it out. Um, But is there any chance that Chris Sale has a good year? Uh, I don't think. Optimistic Andy checking in. I would say, well, let me answer it this way. I think there's a chance that when he's out there, he's good. But it won't. There's no way he has a good year for a starting pitcher. I I look at it as like, you're making 30 starts. And I don't think there's 25. Yeah. I mean, he made more starts actually last year than I thought. So Remember last year we thought he and Kluber were going to have fifty. I think we penciled those in to combine for fifty-five starts. He started twenty games last year. 
102 innings. So Yeah, no, I know. Halfway to where you want him to be. But that's what I'm saying. So you have like Chris Sale, then you have a bunch of guys that are probably better suited for the bullpen, like uh, Tanner Houck and, and Garrett Whitlock and Cutter Crawford. So you have all those same guys again. So, yeah, you need, right, you need at least two starting pitchers. This is what I need more than anything is yeah. I need, as a fan, as a, yeah. as a viewer, I need, like, direction. I need, uh, like, yeah. the idea of where we're going as an organization, where we're going as a pitching staff. Like, yep. lay some expectations on me so I know who the ace is. Right, okay, right. who do I have to worry about? Like, okay, it. the bullpen's good. The back end of the bullpen. Like, I think the I bullpen's wanna... good. Yeah, back end of the bullpen's good, and that's why you wasted last year. If you had some good starters, who knows what would have happened? Because you had a pretty good lineup. They scored a bunch of runs. The back end of the bullpen was great. They had this crazy record when they had a lead after seven or whatever it was. It was 2-0. and oh. <laughs> <laughs> Undefeated. I'll, I'll take the winning percentage. Uh, and then they sneaky really do need a bat because Justin Turner was great for them last year. And Adam Duvall was pretty good when he was healthy. Both of those guys are free agents. So, And you also don't have a second baseman. So add it all up and it uh, isn't looking great. Oh, have you heard this? But Juan Soto's going to the Yankees. And yeah, I did hear that. The Orioles are already great. The Rays and are already great. And, uh, I don't know the, if you heard uh, Otani is going to the Dodgers, and Mookie's actually going to play second base for them. I feel like so. that's a waste. Why? Would you rather have a gold glove right fielder or like a above average second baseman? Um, I think the right fielder might be more important. I don't really have a strong opinion on that. Okay. I feel like they're the same. I just feel, oh, really? I mean, I know in Little League, that's where you put, like, your two worst your players. Worst player. <laughs> your two worst guys go there, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, anybody can play second base. That's true. It's you can th- knock the ball down, like, three throw. times yeah, and still throw it. It's a little three. You can run it over. Your Mookie, you can run it over if you need to. That's why I always laughed at, like, the they always said Trevor Story had, like, the best velocity of a second baseman when he was playing second, and I'm like, who cares? Yeah. If I'm a first baseman, I'm like, why don't you cool out a little bit? <laughs> right. Just well, slow it down. Right here. Underhanded if you need to. Yeah, it's not necessary. Uh, let's go back to the phones. we got Matt in Rhode Island. What's going on, Matt? Hey, what's up, guys? Did you hear that the Yankees have put put aside Yamamoto's number last year? So I think they're gonna they're gonna unload the bank on him. They for sure. And are. did yep. the Red Sox come up with the most annoying thing in sports where you don't sign a guy but you tell everyone that you're in the mix for him? You know, well, yeah, last definitely. four finalists for Seth Lugo. Why does anyone care? We don't care. <laughs> but you know what's coming, guys. Yeah. You both know what's coming, right? They're gonna yeah. tell you. So sales, sales healthy, and Trevor Story's healthy. So it's like we acquired it's the worst a new pitcher and a yeah. shortstop. Right. Yeah. That's what you get. All right, thanks, guys. All right, thank you. No, it's true. Those like the combination of those two things are the are the worst. Like like the the injured guy coming back at the trade deadline. You did not yeah. acquire him. He was on nope. the team. And the oh well, we were interested in this, or we were right there. Oh ah, oh, we were one of four teams in on Seth Lugo. Even if you are the runner-up to Otani or the runner-up to Yamamoto, great, good for you. Yeah. What you couldn't close like that—that that actually speaks. I worse. think they actually need to lessen the number of times that that is put out there. Yeah, I think they're they're hurting the organization and the, sort of the brand. It's it's doing because anybody can be in on or interested in or you know seventh on the list. I can go to a fancy car dealership and test drive a car. Sure you can. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm buying it. <laughs> Although, if you, you dress like that, they might be like, sir, please turn around. No, because the people that dress like this are the sneaky rich ones. Oh, yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, maybe. Right? I'll have to try that. 
There's that really expensive dealership right up the street from here. Those cars, yeah, you guys, those cars look we, a bit out of my that. uh my pr- We yeah, should Steve, do that for a show. You, me, and Hart go up to the place up the street here and just try to test drive some of those cars. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> I just say. want something orange. An orange They got it. Like whatever a fast orange car is. They got all kinds of stuff up there. I'll take it. Take two. Well it's funny that they're on Keith. <laughs> previous caller was talking about how uh, Tom Werner had said this offseason they're gonna go full throttle. I saw Caravas tweet out, like, I'd like just a little bit of throttle. Like, just, you know, have to go, at this point, like, we'll take out that just a little bit. Just, like, just goose it a little bit. <laughs> just, just at a this little point, bit. if you go full throttle, we no. don't know if the whole pl- we, if we can take it. We, we haven't been full throttle in so long. I'm not sure that fireworks. we could. These people need to stop with that, too. Like, all these owners and it's GMs tough. that yeah. promise fireworks or full throttle, unless you are really, really sure unless you're you know. going to do it yeah. and you're going to you know, land a big fish, like... That there's a reason why when you go fishing with people they kind of like lower expectations. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. The weather's not great. So nope. You never, you never. It's tough to find these fish because they don't want you assuming that you're right. just going to roll out of bed and catch a massive fish. Oh, every time I do anything, I just I completely lower expectations. That's my wife. <laughs> so anyway, let's, let's go to. But isn't it always under promise and over deliver? Yes, in Jupiter, that should be no. the way to go. Uh, Paul's in Rhode Island. Our, our guy Paul joins us next. Paul, what do you have? Hi, Rich. Hey. Hi, Andy. How are you? Listen, I'm going to get back to my original phone call. Is this. That guy, McAfee, you figured he would go. He would want a duo on that platform, right? He was bragging about how the Patriots are the monarchy of the NFL. Listen, you know why Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick weren't sitting together? Because there's friction there. Okay. That's that's the truth. I'm I'm being honest. There might be, but I don't know if that's the reason why. I think they have one guest at a time on uh, game day. Uh, you know what? That's Bill Belichick's baby. That Navy Army game okay. to his father and to uh, Lee uh, Lee Corso. Yeah. I'm telling you, they didn't want both of them in the same in the same place. That's just my opinion. I'll hang you up and I leave you what you be. All right, very good, Paul. I mean, yeah, the Twitch chat saying a- sounds. Paul sounds sober tonight. He sounded as lucid as he has. That was a real forever. take. He even wanted... got out on his own. He did. Yeah, right. We didn't, we didn't have to move on. We, didn't like mean, a... we did join the call already in progress. He was getting back to his, what was the original call? Or the yeah, he's getting the original. I don't know when that was. You. We started um, at six, but. So, I mean, if you want to read into that, you could probably read into that. Could they have had Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick on set at the same time? Sure. But I think it was also... better separate. Even if they were the best of buds, like you get two segments right. out of it. You also get to ask them specific questions. Somebody always gets left out in one of those, like, when you have two, three people getting an interview. Like, when people, Plus, like, pitch movies and they're like, here's the cast of so-and-so. It's like, well, right. only one person ends up talking anyway. And Corso wasn't on with Robert. It was different casts, right? Right. Herb Street was not on with Yeah, they Bill swapped a couple of guys out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but also, Bill was the guest picker, so he's at the end. Like, that's a specific segment every right. week. They always have one person lame Because it's one game, and you knew who he was going to pick from the get-go. I know. It actually <clears throat> would have been hilarious if Bill was on a couple of weeks ago. I don't even know if he would have done it, where he's just, they're like, who do you like in uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin? And he's like, I'll tell you, give me the Badgers. Because like, <laughs> they they have the celebrity pickers take, like, 20 games. Like, they pick a million oh, games. Oh, yeah. It's and hilarious. some of them do a really good job. Some of them are great some at Some of it. them are, like, breaking down. You know, this team, they, they're second corner is banged up a little bit right now. Blah, I like blah, that blah. show. That, I I enjoy that show. It, it's a good show. Yeah. But um, 
Can you imagine if he had if this were like wrestling and he did a heel turn and he took army? Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah. No, he Instead, he, he went the other way and had a gimmick. He did. He had a gimmick. I thought it I thought it worked for him. I loved it. I had no problem. I thought that show I don't watch that show all the time. I watched different portions of it. Yeah. I watched more of it. I thought it was pretty good. Lee Corso is awesome. Like in his sort of yeah. emotional when it, he watched the video of him getting thrown in the river at yeah. the Naval Academy and was all choked up like that's pretty cool. No, he's and, great, and they obviously over the years have had to like walk it back a little bit. Like he used oh, to be yeah. on every segment, and man, there were a couple of years it was hard to watch. Well, because yes, he he because he was good. He was yeah. Then he was trying to be good when he didn't have it anymore. Right. And then they realized, oh, he doesn't have it anymore. So now we just kind of pick our spots. They'll even yeah, like either McAfee or Herb Street will sometimes like finish his thoughts for him. Yeah, yeah. Know what he's supposed to oh, say or what Herb where Street? he's supposed to get to. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you could get Herb Street talking about just like how it's gone and like. Because there are times where they would have him pick like every game, and I'm like, man, it's gonna be so tough to know all these teams. And I'm like, you're asking this guy to like know every team now. But so they 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 pick their spots with him, and they do a good job because everybody loves when he puts on like the big gator head or right. like well, all that stuff is always fun. Um, remember he's swearing. Remember a couple of years ago he was swearing because like yes. one of the mascots like barked at him or something. It's, yes. it's great. Uh, but yeah, so I thought I thought Bill was great on there, and then Robert, whatever we're talking about, is how kind of. Uh, Kind of awkward ish it got with with McAfee there at the end, but whatever. I thought it was that was a good spot yeah, all around. Did you think did Robert seem mad, upset? I like I aback? didn't get that sense. He shook his hand and smiled. Yeah, like he didn't. So I think he took it as like, yeah, like this is a different off season as an owner of the New England Patriots. We have not had a three win team since I've been here, so yeah, it's going to be different, right? And and he even though he knows going on there, he's going to be treated well. He's going to be treated with kid gloves. He's yeah. not going to be ambushed as some people accused McAfee. Yeah, I don't think it was that. Like they have to at least acknowledge the reality of yes. the, the present time. Right. I like I, they can't just say Robert Kraft, just the, the the owner of the six time world champion Patriots. Nothing to see here. Move along. No, that's why if anything, I was like, well I appreciate McAfee at least like talking about uh like what's going on rather than just being like, oh you want all these Super Bowls and yeah. you built this stadium and you did all this stuff. You're like, yeah, we we know that. Like let's... I thought it was more uncomfortable when McAfee did the Belichick thing and just said, You're the greatest yeah. GM and the great like yeah. it was awkward T V to me. That like was a, what that was a lot. Bill, there's nothing Bill can say there. There's no, like it's just a weird segment like, when you do that. Thank you, Pat. You can uh, put my notes down that I handed you. Take your uh, lips off my ass now, please. <laughs> Let's go to Box Score Brandon. He joins us next year on the program. What do you got, Box Score? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my phone call. So I just want you guys to listen, listen, listen to my plan really quick, what I would do with the Patriots. Sure. So first things first, Matt Jones gets traded. We get draft picks for him. Um, Zappi's going to be, you know, maybe my third string or second string quarterback. Um, now you need a Briggs guy. That could be Jacoby Reset, Jake Browning, or Kirk Cousins. I would go more. Jake Browning's because he's making a um, a case for himself. He, last two games, he put up 34. Now, another thing is you got some free agents coming up. I go sign Mike Evans. I go sign, um, you know, Josh Reynolds and Dalton Schultz, who is a good uh, run blocker, ranked fifth because uh, Gasecki couldn't block. So, you know, you go get um, your QB out the draft, you go get um, a crafty wide receiver, then you rebuild that O-line, and I think you're back in the playoffs if you make these uh, minor tweaks. But, you know, I have to go talk to Mike Evans. I have to talk to Dalton Schultz and, and Josh Reynolds and get those guys on the team. You re-sign Hunter Henry. You, you re-sign um, – uh, uh, what's his name? Mike Zeke. You sign oh, Zeke. Zeke. Okay. Sure. You re-sign those guys, and then I think you're back in, in, in the playoffs. 
All right, Brandon. So now I don't even know if he meant it this way, but like that's a ton in there. Like so, yeah. They need to draft a quarterback, sign a quarterback, get two wide receivers, get a tight end, and an offensive line. Like I agree with you. I just think it's going to be really tough to do all of those things. You only have one first round pick, or as of this moment, you only have one first round pick, one ooh, top five ooh. pick. Oh, yeah, they could definitely. Now, I don't know what you're getting from Mac Jones. Like, he said you get picks. Like, I don't know. What do you get? Like, a fifth if you throw in a sixth? Like, what do you – like, I don't know what you get for – that might be more of a pick swap situation. Maybe some sort of escalator if he starts every game for the other team and wins a playoff game. Right. Rises to a third or something. The other way you get a first-round pick is, I mean, at this point, they're also going to be picking 34th, and so that's a lot easier to trade up to 24 when you have 34 rather than, you know, 56 like they normally have. Oh, I thought you were alluding to trading Bill Belichick. Sure. Why not? We get into that. We can get into all okay. of that as well. Uh, Tom E. Curran had a, uh, a, I guess, a scoop, if you will, on uh, Bill Belichick's future. Is he reporting it or is he surmising it? Is he presuming it? Should we break he... that down? Yeah, I think bit. I think we're gonna have to break that down. Tommy okay. Curran on Bill Belichick's future and uh, our reaction to that. Yours as well. It's six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart here on WEI. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart, WEEI. You can join the program, 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, at Rich Keefe Show. Also, if you miss any of the program, you know, life's busy. You can't sit around and listen from 6 to 10 every single night. You can always check out the Rich Keefe Show podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe and download away. All right, Tom E. Kern, who you hear a couple of times a week here on WEEI, he was on NBC Sports Boston's early edition, and he had this to say about Bill Belichick's future. When they came out of Germany, conversations I had that week made it very clear that a decision was made and they were going to play out the string, and at the end of the year there would be a parting of the ways for a variety of reasons. I think, and I wasn't told this specifically, but the main one being, you don't fire Bill Belichick during the season. It's just not going to happen. Additionally, though, he's an asset. He's under contract for another year, which we reported after ESPN or NFL media reported there was a long-term extension in place that would keep Bill locked up long-term. It's only through next year. So that would not be an impediment to them changing course. And it had gone too far. The Germany game, the Commanders game, the Saints game. All huge marquee games. And then there was a Chargers game after that. Just because they won last week in Pittsburgh in prime time, I don't think it quells anything. All right. So is Tom E. Curran, Andy Hart, yes. reporting that Bill Belichick is done at the end of the season? Uh, pretty much. Yep. Right? I mean, he said conversations he had. Parting of the ways kind of leaves it open-ended to, like, how exactly they do it. But what he's yeah, saying there is, right, it's he will not be coaching the Patriots in 2024. And I think most of us felt this way yes. all along the line, but didn't necessarily have conversations. And when you say you have conversations, I'm giving you as the reporter the benefit of the doubt that you're having conversations with people that matter. <laughs> not, not just conversations hard. with like, <laughs> right. We're like, yeah, he should be gone. And they're like, right. oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, I ran the poll a few weeks ago. More than 50% of Patriots fans agree. They yep. think it's time to move on. I think... Every I, I actually think a large portion agrees it's a time 
not everybody's ready to admit it. Like they think it, but they're not really willing to voice it or admit it. Yeah. But yeah, I I think he's absolutely reporting that done. a decision done. has been made. Like and we've the, been... the details could be ironed out later. Whether it's a trade, whether it's a mutual parting of ways, I mean, does Bill there might know be it? Lawyers involved. Um, like, is the conversation? And at this point, we're guessing. But like, at, at this point, is Kraft just sort of like there's been conversations with people where like we're gonna have to make a move at the end, or has Kraft sat down with Bill following the Germany game and he's like, we just can't do it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, we're not gonna do it now. Like, I, I, I respect you too much. You've done too much for the organization. We're not gonna fire you. But this can't last, and like, does he know? Or is... my guess would be no. Right. I don't. I don't see any reason to have that conversation. I don't see any positives to having that conversation. I would also argue that Bill Belichick is as compartmentalized as anybody, and doesn't have those conversations with other people. Player like he, mm. you know, one game at a time, one week at a time. We don't look at big picture. We'll deal with free agency when that gets here. We'll deal with the draft when that gets it. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Robert probably using Bill's own sort of ways against him would be like, I've made my decision. You just don't know yet, and I'll tell you at the end of the year. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, he was very public about how important the Germany game was. We played that interview yep. that he did with Rich Eisen, him being Robert Kraft. Like, he was telling players that outside of the Super Bowl, it's the most important game. And then they lose to a Colts team. Uh, actually, the Colts are, what, seven and six. But. It was just a mess how it went. The offense looked so bad, and then Bailey Zappi gets in there with a two-minute drill. Like, go ahead, go there and win it. And then you have the fake spike pick, and you're like, what the hell was that? And the Saints game is still worse. The Cowboys game is worse. But just the handling of the quarterback, I mean, I don't need to replay the whole season for everybody. Like, they're 3-10. and 10. We're looking at where they're going to be picking in the draft, and they should move on. They need to find a new head coach, and they need to find a new starting quarterback. But it is weird because this this like the Chiefs or the um the Saints and the Cowboys game was early in the year. So you're already starting to get that feeling with a pile of games to go. And even the Colts game you're like, man, there's a lot of season left. And now you're in this weird spot where you're like, I guess he's just going to play out the string and then we're going to say see you later. Yeah, but you could see where it was going mm-hmm. and you also have the four-year totality of it of Wait, we had a bridge year. Right. We had a spend year. We had a new franchise quarterback who's now no longer our new franchise quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback at all. Like, you have a lot of water under the bridge. Recent water, not the good water of the the past. It's not the historic 20-year run water. I'm talking about the four years of kind of gave you different ways to fix this, to draft, to Mm -hmm. save money, to spend money, to young, old. Like, we've done this a couple different ways, and none of it has worked. And... I always go back to 71-year-old Bill Belichick. To right. me, that matters. That's yep. a factor in this that people leave out. They they kind of just go, oh, you know, he's Bill. He's great. He's this. he's 71. Even if he were able to turn it around quickly, which is two years. Yeah, right. Like, to go from three wins to good it's tough. is not one year. No, it's a minimum it's of two years. Yeah, yeah. So now he's, he's going to be 72 next year. So the next year he starts to turn around, he's 73. Like, it just doesn't marry up with long-term stability no, and then, for your organization. It's almost worse because right. like, what if he turns it around and then you rip the, the rug out from underneath whatever the turnaround looks yeah, like. What yeah, what he started, what he built, and now everybody's like, well, that's our guy, and it's a it's a whole thing. Plus, You're almost better off getting going on a true rebuild right. of 
coach, GM, quarterback. Let, try to. I think it's hard to do, but try to pull off that trifecta yeah. in one offseason. And we normally don't know much about his contract, and now we do know that he's got one year left, which is also a weird spot to have a coach GM in. It's like you just play out the one year. It's like, no, no, no those guys always need a little bit more, so they're not in right. a lame duck year. Although but. I won't say it doesn't mean anything. Like, if he's making the $25 million that has been reported or presumed, true. that's, that's a lot of money to pay a guy to not work. Uh, yeah. Well, so how does this all get figured out? And, and you know, what do you guys make of uh, Curran's report that the decision has been made? Bill Belichick will be done at the end of the year. Now he says parting of ways. So again, you can figure that out any way you want. But uh, Bill Belichick has four more games as Patriots coach is essentially what Tom Curran is saying. Uh, two hours down, two hours to go. So we'll continue to unpack this uh, this Bill Belichick report here. And we also have uh, a very important Tier Tuesday, eight twenty. Christmas movies. It's important. It's huge. It's huge. So we'll have uh, all that and more here coming up next on WEEI.